3: martin luther king holiday so a lot of you uh may be off and uh a lot of so we'll so maybe this is the only chance you're going to have to get a call in during a live show so we'll try to get to everybody's calls our phone lines are 610-363-1110 so the markets are closed today in honor of martin luther king jr so that is uh that's a good thing because I think the markets need a little bit of a breather. I think a three-day holiday, uh, three-day weekend is, is a really good thing uh, for them right now uh, based on the way things are going and a bit of a rocky start of the year. That is for certain. So I'll talk about that in a second. Certainly, as we reflect today on Martin Luther King Jr., it is cert- it would certainly um, – You know, be a great thing if we could reflect for a moment on how desperately America needs another Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Maybe we could reflect on his greatness, what he did, uh, the manner—more importantly, the manner in which he did it—in a very peaceful way, always a peaceful way, and the wisdom in which he did it, a wisdom that was bathed in the Word of God. So perhaps that's why he was quite as good, or in likelihood was the reason he was quite as good as he was. But uh, he was a man that God had ordained for that particular time, and we certainly need another um, great man that could act as a uniter of the American people. After all, it's been a lot of evil-minded people, people that were not well-intentioned. It was individual men and women that made a conscious effort over the last several years to do everything they could to divide the American people. I might add, they did a very good job. They did a very good job because of the ignorance of the American people. They did a good job because of maybe the lack of common sense or people that were driven by an ideology and an ideology that may be different than mine or yours or mine or yours might be different than theirs, and they allow these differences to divide us as Americans. There is plenty of wrong and there is plenty of right to go around, but those same people would be well to remember that we have been divided in such a way that the odds of us surviving are slimmer and slimmer and seem to get a little slimmer uh, with each new division that the left seems to come up with. We have a divided church. That's our biggest problem. We have divided politics, always has been, but not to the level that it is now. We have lost our ability to think logically We have lost our ability to think as faith-minded people might think. We have lost our ability, for many people, to stand firm and boldly on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Oh, we can stand on a lot of worthless ideology, but we can't seem to stand on the one thing that is more important than anything else. Why? Because that one thing that's more important than anything else is not acceptable to the masses. It just isn't politically correct to the masses. So therefore... If everybody is doing something else, and the will of what would appear, because it isn't the case, but what would appear to be the majority, and that would be the majority of your circles of influence, seem to be going in one direction that is a wrong direction, surely the will of that many must be the will of God, right? Right? I mean, after all, if so many people are okay with such and such, this or that, we're okay with abortion, we're okay with the redefinition of God's word. We're okay with pornography and uh, the the depraved country that we seem to be living in. We're okay with the destruction of families through that pornography, gambling, abortion and others. We're okay with that. Why are we okay with Well, it's politically correct or it's politically incorrect not to be okay with it. The divisiveness of the nation has worked in the favor of the darkness of this nation that would like to destroy us. Or has it? Or has it? Or could it be that the darkness of this world, we have allowed it to work for? the darkness by just caving, by not standing firm, not standing firm on the righteousness of God, on the cornerstone of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. certainly was not battling along with the majority of people. He was battling against the majority of the people. But he had one thing on his side that he never let go of, and that was the righteousness of God, the grace of God, the Word of God that is truth, the values of God that are absolute, So he stood firmly on those things and he continued to push the agenda based on those things, an agenda that was right in the eyes of God, if you know anything about the Word of God. But it takes conviction and boldness to do something like that and it takes a blessing from God to be able to pull it off without doing it in a violent way, in a peaceful way. How bad today do we need a Martin Luther King Jr. like movement to unite people? Yes, unfortunately, do we have to unite or no, I should say reunite in some ways. People of color with other different colors. Do we have to do that? Yeah, we do. The question is, are we willing to try to unite based on the principles of the Bible and the principles of God? Hopefully someday in the very near future, we will be willing to do that as God, we hope, will raise up the person to do it. We'll be right back right after this. Stay with me. Welcome back, Financial Issues. Hey, listen, at the end of this little segment here, if we got a three-minute clip I'm going to play as we go to break. Um, it is a segment from the news on Friday, and I found it really, really interesting. Carly Sakali, one of our producers and, and one of our uh, directors, organizers of our news every day, she works very, very hard on the news side. She does a little uh, segment every week that um, – is something that is very consumer, people friendly. Things that you ought to know. And she did a segment. I won't. I won't give too much of it away. But she did a segment on Friday that I that I thought was uh, very very interesting. And uh, Carly told me uh, just uh, early this morning. I think uh, might have been a, um, a text from yesterday. I don't even remember. That's terrible. I've been up all day. It seems so. <laughs> um, but you know, said there was so much information. You know, she could have gone on and on, and she really had a hard time just, uh, you know, digging down to the bare facts and getting the facts out. So very, very interesting. And I want you to listen to it. Obviously, if you're watching on on um, the site or on television, you'll you'll see her report, but you'll hear it either way. And uh, it is very interesting. I want you to hear that. Well, following a rocky start to the year, traders get a little bit of time to take a breath here today during uh, Martin Luther King Day and uh that's that's good news. Now metals and energy are going to trade today to about 130. And uh so it's good because we're going to be able to get a good look at oil and I think it's important right now. I don't know if you know but yesterday in Dubai um they had there was an attack uh it was a Yemen extremist that apparently attacked an oil, oil storage uh, facility, uh, blew up three um, tanker trucks and you know created a mass fire. As you can imagine, six people died, six workers uh, were killed. Uh, they believe the attack was done through drones. So, um, you know, we're seeing this whole new level of terrorism coming about now this was not a production facility this was not something that should impede or impact production so you know it shouldn't have a huge effect on oil as a matter of fact Brent crude oil right now is down slightly. It's down about a half of 1% to 85.66. So it's down about a half of 1%. Uh, West Texas Intermediate uh, right now is up. The markets are open now. This isn't future. This isn't um, pre-market. So uh, oil here is up, down slightly, about a quarter of 1% to 8364 8364 so we're still well into you know $83 uh, a barrel oil uh, that's pretty significant but we haven't seen a lot of um gasoline changes uh, gasoline uh, prices at the pump primarily do as a matter of fact on Sunday here our gasoline price almost uh, across the board at one particular service station went from 313 to 309. and that's where it, um, it, we started to see all the other stations um, start to change their prices. So we're 309 here and it really hasn't changed much. I mean it was 3:13 all week, so it came down. So why is oil prices going up and the gasoline price coming down? Well, because what really is driving uh, gasoline prices to stability, I'll call it, not necessarily to lower numbers, uh, but to stability, is demand or the lack thereof. So you have oil prices going up, but demand is going down, or at least the anticipation of demand is negative. So therefore, gasoline prices have been relatively stable because based on the fact that demand is down. So that is um, making up for the difference in oil prices. So for oil gasoline prices to start going up, there's going to have to be some reports coming out, which could come out at the, the last week of the month, but some reports coming out indicating that demand is starting to rise. I don't think we're going to see that I think it's extremely unlikely. So we still we should be able to main, maintain some stability. This is a nice little sweet spot right now for as long as it lasts for oil stocks. So they're enjoying the benefit of $83 a barrel, and, and consumers are having a bit of a stabil, stabilization in the gasoline prices. Of course, we would like to see lower gas prices. You know, we'd love to see get getting back to under three dollars a barrel, but in the meantime, we'll take the stabilization where we are. But I don't believe that gas prices being at uh, whatever—I don't even know what the national average is, but whatever it—what it, uh, is it, Seth? Yeah, we're looking right now, Dan, at uh, three thirty-one for a national average. So three thirty-one. It's, it's creeping right. up just a little bit. Last week it was at three thirty. Okay. So uh, it is going up, coming down here, uh, gasoline prices. But So the national average uh, is is going up a bit. So we won't see that really change dramatically until we see demand. I don't think demand is because the national average is $3.30 or whatever it is. I don't think that's the problem. I think we've grown accustomed to that. Yes, are we concerned about $4 gasoline? Yes, but we're really concerned about inflation in general. And it's the inflation and the wage inflation and the consumer sentiment and the business sentiment that is impacting demand right now. So we've got an overall industrial demand has to be down on oil. We probably have utility demand up slightly uh, that is impacting oil primarily because we're in the heart of winter. So we are getting into even colder weather yet. And that is going to be uh, obviously adding to demand for not only heating oil but natural gas as well. Natural gas is up about three quarters of one percent this morning, so we'll we'll watch that. But oil is trading today, so it is very interesting to me that we, we saw this attack on a uh, uh, in Dubai over an oil in an oil supply uh, a depot. And we're not seeing any really increases now. If the attack had been on a pipeline or uh, other types of transportation, then certainly it, it definitely would have impacted um, where you know uh, uh, Brent crude oil, which would eventually spill over into um, uh, West Texas Intermediate. Um, I know we got a couple calls. We'll get to phones, but. Again, we're coming up on this break, but before we do, I want to break for three minutes. You're going to hear a a great little segment that was done by Carly Sakali, one of our producers and uh, one of the directors of of news, does a lot of writing. Uh, She's the one that produces a lot of the um, video that you see during the news and things like that. She does this segment every week. And I thought it was especially informative, and I want everybody to hear it. It's one of the reasons why you need to be watching the news on a very regular basis. FISM.TV, at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, you can watch the news uh, every single night at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Central Time. This is a good, old-fashioned news program, and what I mean by that is... There are no opinions. You know, uh, America One News has been taken off, is being taken off uh, of DirecTV. This is a huge blow to the network. As net as, uh, DirecTV is, uh, uh, satellite television is uh, attacking, along with the left, uh, conservative forums. But... Um, they're they're hiding the facts. So we're going to continue to put out the facts, and we are going to let you form your opinion. But anyway, watch this little clip or listen to it, and then we'll be right back. We'll get to your calls, 610-363-1110. Here's uh, the clip.
1: Well, if you're a social media scroller, you might have seen the endless hilarious videos about what a strange bunch these COVID babies are. And of course, it's all in jest, but researchers are genuinely interested to know whether there are tangible effects on babies born during the pandemic and whether there's any potential public health concern to have an eye out for. So first, what do researchers know so far about babies' brain development if their mothers had COVID while they were forming in the womb? Well, pregnant women do seem to be more susceptible to the virus, but so far there's no compelling evidence to show that any harm is done to a child in mild to moderate cases. This is all according to the Radiological Society of North America. The team used fetal MRI to study 33 patients with COVID-19 infection during pregnancy. Radiologists found that the baby's brain development in the assessed areas were age appropriate in all fetuses. There were no findings indicative of infection of the fetal brain. Of course, that's a small sample size, but encouraging nonetheless. Now, in another study of 255 subjects born between March and December 2020, Columbia researchers found that babies born during the pandemic's first year scored slightly lower on a developmental screening test of social and motor skills at six months, regardless of whether their mothers had COVID during the pregnancy, and they compared that to babies born just before the pandemic. Danny Dimitriou led research on the project, and she spoke of how infants exposed to any type of viral infection in a pregnancy have a higher risk of neurodevelopmental deficits, so it was expected to see similarities with COVID-19. However, they were surprised that their results didn't show a direct link between the virus and any deficits. In the doctor's own words, being in the womb of a mother experiencing the pandemic was associated with slightly lower scores in areas such as motor and social skills, though not in others such as communication or problem solving. The results suggest that the huge amount of stress felt by pregnant mothers during these unprecedented times may have played a role. Now this factor of stress has already been backed up by several previous studies, specifically with the stress hormone cortisol. Some of these studies have shown that if a mother is depressed, anxious, or stressed while pregnant, there is increased risk for the child having a wide range of adverse outcomes, including emotional problems, symptoms of ADHD, or impaired cognitive development. This may be due to evidence showing that prenatal stress can reduce an enzyme in the placenta, which usually metabolizes cortisol, and without it, more cortisol is allowed to pass through to the baby. But here's the good news out of all of this even if circumstances make it difficult for a mother to manage stress. A study published in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry suggested that those effects of stress on an infant can be reversed by the type of postnatal care given by the mother. In the study of 94 mother-infant pairs, being emotionally present and attentive to an infant after birth proved to combat those negative effects of stress on the child. So parents, the bottom line is worry does no good. You shouldn't worry if you're pregnant and do happen to get COVID because managing your stress may be one of the best things you can do to promote healthy development. This is Carly Sacali, FISM News.
3: You know, I just want to say I think that was a very encouraging clip and I'm glad if you know someone that is uh, pregnant or was pregnant is concerned about all the COVID kinds of things that are going on and we're hearing some. Um, fear tactics being used so that, you know, the pregnant women get vaccinated and they get their children vaccinated and all those kinds of things or get the shot. I shouldn't say vaccinated. I keep saying that. Um, But, you know, if, if uh, if that's very encouraging. So if you want to see it, it's a lot of information in three minutes and I get that, but it is on the website. If you go, it's on the uh, news site. So if you go to FISM.TV and click on News, it's in the Featured section of the news, which is over to the uh, right-hand side of the page. So it's in the Featured section, and you'll see that from Friday. Of course, Friday's whole entire news clip, Friday evening's news, is there as well. Tonight, I mean, I'm sorry, tomorrow, tonight's will be there. And you can go always on the page and watch the news. That half-hour news—that is just uh, good old-fashioned news. In a half an hour, it's all you need. You don't have. You do You're. Are you tired of all the opinions? Are you tired of a radical um, left slant to every piece of news to the point where you can't even separate the slant from the facts? Well, we're only giving you the facts. You're only going to hear the facts, and you're going to hear the facts based on the context in which they were given, not some context that might make them seem as though they're leaning one way or another. You're just going to get the facts, and then you can make a decision on how you want to feel about that particular thing. So, uh, it is what we do. It is what the news used to be. It's what so many long to have. It's just good news reporting. We have a Team of about eleven writers, uh, not to mention our our news people themselves, Seth and Ian and Sam uh, and others on staff that write. But we have uh, about eleven or twelve writers. We have a editor in chief that is looking at that. We just um, are in the process of hiring um, a one of our writers. As a uh, as the head writer, uh, full time, and so we're we're excited about where the news is going, and um, the outlets that that you you now have an outlet that you now have that you can get the truth. I mentioned uh, a little bit ago that you may not have heard this, but Directv has canceled. America one news because of their misinformation. Now that's what they called it in your eyes and my eyes. It would be because the truth was being disseminated about president Biden's speech. That's why, because the truth was being disseminated. And of course you don't want the truth to get out there. That hurts the agenda of the left. So that's what's going on. Um, (laughs) This comes at a time when we are negotiating at the same time with um, satellite television, all the satellite television networks. But maybe we'll just end up on the Christian satellite television networks. And maybe it's the Christian satellite networks that you ought to be looking into and get rid of the others. But I think that is, uh, this is going to be a significant blow. I think for America one news, that is extremely disappointing, Uh, but it is going to be a significant blow for them. And I hope it doesn't start to trickle into some of their other outlets that uh, they, they are on. So, um, this is why, this, for this very reason, and maybe America, one, has not done that yet, but we are constantly making provisions for this day. We are making the provisions for the day when we won't be able to broadcast uh, uh, through our normal routines, and we're going to have provisions. We, we've we got to be ready. We've got to be ready to be able to get the truth out and to get the word out to um our demographic and our the people that want to hear the truth, and we've got to be able to stand on that. And we continue to spend a lot of money developing other platforms, other other um, streaming and housing uh, networks that are our own that we can control, um, that that somebody can't pull. So we, you know, we, we want everybody to do that. We need everybody, all the conservative outlets, to be able to do that same thing that uh, we are we are working hard to do to make sure that when things get so bad that we will still be on the air and be able to bring you the truth I sure appreciate um, the fact that uh, that we are able to stand firm and stand fast as we always will people ask me all the time you know please make sure you continue to stand fast I, I don't I don't I mean I'll do it until uh, I die anyway i don't I don't know that uh you know <laughs> that's that's about what's going to take for it to end and i'm always going to stand there because we need it we need it so desperately we need it for america uh i I want to believe that i second of all I do it for uh the fact that i'm a patriot I love America and uh of course the number one reason is uh to disseminate the truth as God would have it and the values that uh, God would have. So it's real hard to stand on that rock. Uh, I mean, it's real easy to stand on that rock. Maybe hard to stand on the other rock, but it's easy to stand on that rock, and that's what we stand firmly on. So um, we, need, we need more and more people. This is a time, as I talked about in the Bible study on Friday morning, man, this is a time we've got to be standing, folks, like we have never stood before. And let me, let me just say something about standing firm, and being steadfast and being unwavering, it's different to everybody. It doesn't mean that you've got to be out there and have a platform and be out there, you know, um, uh, beating everybody up with the Bible. Some people that is not their character. That's not what they're going to do. But there's there's ways that you can just show your steadfastness by showing that you are not compromising. There are certain things you are not compromising that you're willing to say mm, no. That's not for me, or uh, no, I'm not going there, or whatever. Uh, and 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 standing fast on your principles, the principles that are that that come from from the Word, and being that living, walking, breathing testimony to others. I mean, that's critically important. You don't have to be in their face. You don't have to be, um, you know, beating anybody up. Sometimes it might be that you're a prayer warrior and that you're quietly and silently being steadfast and praying for the steadfastness that you feel, that that might disseminate more and more and that God may uh, touch hearts, that uh, they too would do that. It's, you know, it is going to generate a sense of unity, and maybe we can generate that sense of unity in the church that we so desperately need. You know, I, I said this last week, I'll say it again this week to start the week, as I was talking earlier about Martin Luther King Jr. Look, we, we are at a place where this is easy to fix. As easy as it is to fix is how impossible it is to fix if the church doesn't unite. The uniting of the church can fix this. If the church remains divisive, it can't. I could tell you some very, very popular pastors that you would all know that I don't like. And it would be very difficult for me to come alongside them uh, at their church. But I will come alongside them if they will just agree... To set aside some of their arrogance, some of their pride, some of their ego, and stand firmly on the blood of Calvary. And I'm more than happy to unite under those circumstances. I'm not, I, I'm not the kind of person, sad to say, that is going to forget some things that maybe are, I believe, very important for the edification and the development of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I, I'm just not going to walk away from that, and I'm not going to... Uh, I would love to have a chance to have a one-on-one with some of those pastors and tell them um, what I mean by that, but, <clears throat> but I could still unite alongside them for the sake of the country, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christianity, and for the sake of the church, and agree while agreeing to divide somewhat or disagree, I shouldn't say divide, but to disagree without dividing, would disagree with what they may consider um, their interpretation of an essential of the Christian faith. So that's where we've got to get to. And if we can get to that, we need to understand that you and I have all the power. We have all the power. Give me a million Christians in Washington, D.C., and guess what's going to happen? You're going to see a dramatic power shift in Washington. We have the power to do what needs to be done for America. But we need the passion and conviction to unite for that. All right, I'm going to get to calls right after this. We'll be right back.
5: The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
3: Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Serio. It's great to be here. Um, We're going to go to phones. Um, Let me get to, let's see. Let me go to uh, Jim. Jim's calling us from South Carolina. Hey Jim.
6: Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning. Dan just wanted to make a quick comment on something I heard about a month ago from financial issues. It was regarding contributions, uh, say to your church from your uh, portfolio. And, uh, since I am 72 this year, I got in touch with my uh, financial people that handle my portfolio for me and have been doing that for years, and um, asked them about uh, setting up something whereby I could uh, get my minimum distribution from an account to give to my uh, church. And um, I haven't heard anything from them uh, about that. But when I asked about it, they said, oh, sure. Uh, Yeah, we do this uh, for a lot of different uh, people, a lot of different clients. So uh, anyway, the whole process took about 20 minutes. Uh, I Mm. got my checkbook in the mail last week. And so now I can uh, free up some uh, funds uh, to help with some other things. And uh, it was just a a great process. So now Mm. I'm uh, able to give from that, uh, fund, take my distribution out of that since I'm 72. And, uh, on top of that, um, I, I guess I cut uncle Joe out of the uh, tax part of it. So anyway, thanks for the advice, Dan, and uh will continue mm-hmm. to pray for you and your, your group. God bless you.
3: Thank you, Jim, man. That's encouraging. I sure appreciate that. I'm so glad you did that. And what a blessing, you know, one of the, reasons we exist uh, is to help people to be able to grow the kingdom. And, you know, I always tell people I'm selfishly uh, hoping and giving good, hopefully good advice and, and uh, God ordained advice so that our portfolios can grow. And that's going to grow the kingdom because the more comfortable people get with their portfolio and bless God and honor God with it, uh, the more money uh, they're going to feel comfortable giving. And uh, so I get to selfishly uh, you know, share. I don't know that I'm going to share in anybody's glory in heaven, but I'm going to share in, uh, in just in the peace of mind to know that, um, you know, I played a small role in, again, growing the kingdom. That's what we want to do. We want to grow the kingdom. And, and uh, so those contributions are so important. Great way to get tax-free, get, make, make what is, remember, this is money that Jim never paid tax on. That he's never going to pay tax on, that's going directly to uh, his church or other ministries that he may give to. And uh, what a great, great thing to do. And so many of you can do that with your traditional IRAs if you're, um, well, actually, if you're over 70 and a half, at 72, you start taking your minimum required distribution, but it will count against your minimum required distribution and you can give tax free. Get a checkbook. It's the best <clears throat> way to do it. Is to ask for a checkbook for your IRA account, and you can then write the check uh, to your church or wherever you want to write to it as often as you want, and uh, it'll it'll count as a direct charitable contribution, meaning that it is going directly from your account to the ministry. It is never exchanging hands with you. And as long as your hands stay off it, obviously you're writing a check, but I mean literally going in, let, let's say going to your checkbook, your checking account, and then to the ministry. As long as it's going directly from the account to the ministry uh, you and you write the check to make sure that happens, then it's, it's tax-free to you. You still, I will give you a heads up. You'll still get a 1099 on it. So you will get that 1099. And, but then you will differentiate. It'll be broken down and you will see that amount of money that there, it's, it's on the tax form. So your tax accountant will know what to do with that. There's a portion of that, obviously that maybe you actually took as a distribution yourself. You have to pay tax on but then the other portion you will not. So it is a great advantage. I would suggest you take advantage as soon as you can, because I would also suggest that I would suspect that the left will do everything they can to do away with that because they are going to be in a feeding frenzy on anything that could help, could help bring more money into the treasury to help them spend more money. Not pay her debt down. But to spend more money. All right, let me go to uh Heath. Heath calling from Mississippi. Hi, Heath.
0: Hey, uh, I've got a question. Um, I'm my name is I'm sorry. Um I'm got about two hundred and forty seven thousand dollars in stock in stock markets and we we're looking me and my wife were looking at buying a house buying some land to build a house this summer and uh we're trying to see if we should sell the stock now in order to buy in the future or wait till that time comes i just wanted to see what you would say
3: i would i would sell it now is it in an ira account or is it in a just an investment account
0: it's off your uh the the stocks from your
3: yeah but is it what kind of account is it is it an just, is it just regular broker's account okay yeah, yeah i would i would sell it now heath i'm not saying that they couldn't go up more but if you've had them a little bit you know a lot of those are up uh i would i would sell it now i wouldn't take the chance that come 6 months from now you're you know when you're ready to buy that they're going to still be holding that value or still be up i don't think it's worth taking the chance there's a possibility that if you hold it it may be more and that would be a good thing But I think it's a little bit uh, too volatile and uncertain to take that chance. So I would tell you, sell them now. You can, you know, um, either way, whether you sell them now or you sell them in the summer, you're going to have to pay the capital gains this year. So you're not avoiding anything there. So I would would sell it now. I'd rather see you sell it sooner rather than later.
0: Okay. And, uh... Do I just call Charles? I, my, they're through Charles swab, so do I just call them, or do I go online and do it myself?
3: You can do it either way. I mean if if you call them and okay. just say, hey, "I want to sell my positions," you can you can do that, or you can you can do it online. I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this Heath. You'll have to ask, I think if they do it for you, you might, they might charge you a little fee. Um, if okay. they do it for you. If you do it, you won't get charged anything. So, um, okay, all right, yep, yes, sir. All right, Thanks thank you. you. I reason. appreciate it. Bye. Right, bye bye. All right, six ten three six three eleven ten. We have lines open. You'll be the next call we take right after Jim in Oklahoma. Hey, Jim.
6: Thank you. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm wanting to move a 401k from a former company to into an IRA and was wanting to know, does it matter if it's simple or traditional? Um, if there's one, no, the, one yeah. has an advantage over another? Or?
3: No, no, it doesn't matter. I would, I would do it into a, a traditional IRA, because sometimes they could possibly consider that a simple uh, is not an equal transfer. In other words, a 401K to an IRA is considered... A like account, um, so I'm not sure simple would be, but it, but, but even if it is, it's the same tax consequence. It's the same freezing of the account in the sense that you can invest it any way you want. It doesn't really change anything one way or another. I would rather you do it just directly as a traditional IRA. Um, you'll move that in there. And then you'll start, you can invest it any way you want, but, um, you, you, you know, try to put it into a contributory traditional IRA uh, if, if you can do that just so that if you wanted to add to it, you could.
6: Okay, so it would give me like an option to do like a Timothy plan.
3: You'd be able to put Timothy funds in it, yes. Absolutely. You'd, you'd be able to put anything in it. That's the beauty of it. So let's say you did it at Fidelity. Yes, you could put individual stocks. You could put Timothy mutual funds, Timothy ETFs. You could, do, you could do anything you want. That's why I encourage people to get out of that work one where they're stuck in a menu of options that you know doesn't give you the whole world.
6: Okay, so w- would I just go online to Fidelity then?
3: Yeah, so so you can go to fidelity.com and open a uh, IRA account and you will tell them that you're transferring an IRA over and they they will they will have a transfer form that you can use unless your company insists that you use their transfer form, but usually you can they will process, Fidelity will process the transfer of your old 401K for you.
6: That is the information I was wanting to know, and I thank you very, very much for your time.
3: You're welcome, Jim. Glad you called. I appreciate it. Um, 610-363-1110, um, and we'll get right back to phones. we got to take this break. And then we'll get back to phones right after that. We have one line open, 610-363-1110. So uh, cue your call. Stick with us. We got a lot coming up. I don't have to worry about the markets. We don't have to look at that. But we will look at oil. The oil market is open. So, you know, we can uh, take a look at that uh, here. Right now it's about ready. Oil's about ready to go up. It's only down fractionally, just, just a touch. So it looks like it's ready to go into the green territory, but it's sitting at a 83.78 a barrel, and that uh, gas is up a half of 1%. So oil and metals are trading till 130 today. All right, we'll be back right after this. We will never compromise our principles and standards, we will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God.
5: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. We in America should be grateful to
3: God for the blessings He's given us. Don't let anyone tell you that America's best days are behind her. We have got to fight for this nation because I believe with all my heart this nation is in fact one nation under God. All right, we're back. Uh, welcome Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we talked about that in the first hour, and and what a great man he was, and we give him uh, just uh, we're just so excited that that we lived, uh, at least I did, uh, live to see all of that and have a greater understanding of it. And you know, uh, Martin Luther King was a man of great character, and. Uh, this, this tribute is well-deserved, well and, boy, do we desperately need uh, another man like that to step up. Um, this is the time uh, we have our ag report and, of course, our news break, where we're going to give you some headlines of what's coming up on the news tonight. I hope you are checking out the website on a regular basis, the news site. It should be something that is minimized on your screen so you can check all the articles and what is happening. Uh, as we uh, constantly are posting uh, new news to keep you updated as uh, you know, as the day goes on. And then tonight, we have our news at 7 o'clock on FISM.TV and, and uh, other networks around the country. And you will see um, also tomorrow morning, it will be posted, tonight's broadcast will be posted on the website, on the news site, I, I say website, and I know I confuse people, and they go to FI, uh, Financial Issues. It is FISM.TV slash news, or just go to FISM.TV. That's where you can watch it. Uh, if you want to see the page and all the articles and read some of the articles and get more detail, you can do that at uh, clicking the news tab. So make sure you check that out throughout the week, every day. 7 o'clock is the newscast, or you can watch it in the morning. Uh, Dove Television, if you're one of our uh, great, great partners and listeners and viewers of uh, the Dove Television Network, which we just absolutely love in the northwestern uh, part of America, they play it 5.30 in the evening. They're playing our news at 5.30 every evening and 5.30 every morning. So uh, if you didn't catch it at 5.30 this evening, you can catch it at uh, 5.30 in the morning, and we we uh, love and appreciate Dove Television. They do a great job, and they're always so encouraging uh, to everything that we do, and, and uh, we appreciate them and the work they do for the kingdom. And so I hope you'll watch the news. If you live up in that area, I know a lot of you are. I'm very excited because I've gotten emails from you or posts I've seen from you, so I... I appreciate that, and make sure you let the Dove Television or Ctn in in Southwest Florida or uh, Biz Television anywhere that you watch uh, any of our programming, and particularly the news, that you encourage them by thanking them for airing it. All right, let me go to Sam Case from FISM News. Hey, Sam.
2: Hey there, Dan. Uh, I, I got to commend you for your words about Martin Luther King Jr. We'll certainly be honoring him today on our show. He was a, a man who uh, stood for racial reconciliation in the true way, not the way that the the radical left is pushing right now that really is right. meant to to. Keep us further apart than anything else. They stand directly opposed to that message. So it's important that we do honor uh, him today. Uh, But in other news, we'll be also looking at Senator Tom Cotton, who recently introduced a bill that would require prisons to house inmates based on the prisoner's gender from birth rather than by the individual's self-identified gender. Uh, If passed, the bill would strip prisons that violate this law from certain federal funding. Cotton's bill comes as response to reports that President Biden is expected to sign an executive order soon requiring prisons to house persons based on personal gender identity, not biological sex. Uh, Some progressive states, such as California, have tried this already, and there has been disastrous uh, results from this. Uh, Reports of pregnancies and sexual assaults going on within uh, prisons that are meant for women, but because you have a a trans element in there, you're you're getting horrible uh, reports of sexual assault coming from them, and this type of bill is designed to protect women in prison from that type of uh, horror that they're experiencing in those states. Meanwhile, Republican Glenn Youngkin was inaugurated on Saturday as Virginia's new governor, and he wasted no time in making good on his promises. Uh, Youngkin signed executive orders putting an immediate stop to critical race theory as well as mask mandates in school, which was one of his primary uh, platforms that he was running on, taking back the schools and giving the power to schools back to the parents. He also authorized the new Attorney General to launch an investigation into Loudoun County Public Schools where a case involving a self-identified gender-fluid teenager, student who committed sexual assault on female students, took the uh, country by storm. So we'll finally get some justice there because there was a cover up there as well, not just the sexual assaults. What made it worse was the uh, so we'll be getting more information on that, hopefully in the near future, and we'll get some justice there. Uh, in politics, former President Donald Trump held his first rally of 2022 on Saturday, telling a large crowd of supporters in Arizona, we're going to take back the White House, hinting again at a possible run in 2024. Uh, meanwhile, a synagogue in Texas is re- uh, Recovering from a hostage situation where attendants were held captive for over 10 hours. Uh, The rabbi there, who was held captive along with the others, said that they survived thanks to regular active shooter training. Now, there's more details about this coming out, including more information about new suspects that are being discovered, and this is becoming an international investigation, uh, actually, so this is becoming uh, more intense as the days go by. And also, the Pacific Island nation of Conga has completely lost communication after suffering a tsunami as well as underwater uh, volcano eruptions. So a truly Mm. horrific situation there that we'll give more details about tonight at 7 o'clock on our news report.
3: Well, great. Thanks, uh, Sam. Sam Case, uh, FISM News. Uh, Interesting stories. You can see it tonight at 7. Here comes Craig Agar with our Ag Report. This is Craig Hogard with your Financial
7: Issues Tag Update for January 17th. Futures markets will be closed for the Martin Luther King Jr. Day today, but will be opening back up for the Monday evening session. On Friday, corn futures rebounded as they were supported by traders who feared that the hot and dry weather in southern Brazil and Argentina has already caused significant loss of production. In the world of exports, U.S. FOB offers are still playing second fiddle to Ukrainian offers, as Ukraine is undercutting U.S. corn business to China. At the close, the March futures were eight and three quarters cents higher, settling at five dollars ninety-six and a quarter cents. means lost ground as traders were sellers ahead of the projected weekend rains for Brazil and Argentina. With the market closed today, it's going to be interesting to see how traders react with the Monday night session when it kicks off. I suspect that the price action will depend on what the rainfall totals were and. South America and exactly where that rain fell. At the close, March soybean futures were 7.5 cents lower, ending the day at 13 dollars cents. Wheat futures continue to collapse, which is triggered in part by a lack of export demand. At the rate that the U.S. is shipping wheat, the USDA could be 50 million bushels too high in their annual export projections, and that in turn would push the carryout to somewhere around 675 million bushels. Russian FOB values fell by $3.5 per metric ton on Friday, and they also lowered their export duty. It appears as if the U.S. hard red winter wheat export offers are trying to match the Russian decline. At the close, Minneapolis March futures are 17 and a quarter cents lower, closing at 8.78 and a quarter. Kansas City dropped by 14 and three quarter cents to close at 7.45. And Chicago futures were down five and a quarter cents, ending the day at seven dollars 41 and a half cents per bushel. Cotton futures finished the week in style as they set a new life of contract high. At the close, March futures were $200, 86 points higher, settling at one nineteen seventy. Livestock futures had a split session. February live cattle were $0.97.5 cents higher, closing at $137.97 per hundredweight. March feeder cattle dropped by $0.35 cents to settle at $166.37.5 cents per hundred. And February lean hog futures were $3.05 better, closing at 80 90 Class three milk futures ended the week on a softer note. At the finish, the February futures were down 12 points, settling at 22.08. And meat cutout values were mixed. Choice box beef ended the day $1.45 higher, closing at 284.31. Select boxes were $1.21 better as they settled at 273.97. Pork carcass cutout values experienced a sharp sell-off. They were down $6.21 for the session, ending the day at $89.07 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Hogard with your Financial Issues Ag update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this.
3: Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Cillia. It's great to be here. Listen, I'm going to remind all of you, uh, our good friend star parker who has been a friend for a very long time uh we air Cure america it's a it's a great program every week that we air on on fism.tv i believe i'm not sure about this i should know but um i think she, i think the program airs on tuesday on our network on tuesday evening if I'm not mistaken, but we are going to air Tuesday evening's program tonight because it is in reference to Martin Luther King uh, Jr. So uh, a tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. So uh, you can see that tonight. i have to get the time. Somebody can look that up for me or when that's going to air on FISM.TV. But Star Parker is great, uh, 6 o'clock. So it'll be on at 6 o'clock tonight right before the news on uh, FISM.TV, and you can check that out. Uh, it is Cure America and is a program that we air every week on Tuesdays, but we moved it up to uh, tonight. we we'll are probably replay it again tomorrow, I imagine, uh, because of the content about Martin Luther King Jr. So uh, we're going to do that. I hope you tune in. It's at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, FISM.TV, Star Parker's Cure America and Star Parker has been a great great advocate for America for pro-life uh, for years and years and years. Um, she looks very young but she's been around a long time probably as long well maybe not as long as me but close to not not in not on earth I mean in in media. Um, she's obviously, uh, uh, younger than me, but, uh, she is just a great advocate. And, you know, one of the things that I do, maybe it's why I don't have a lot of good friends, but when I judge people as a friend, I always wonder, I always look at, is this somebody I would want to be in a foxhole with? You know, figuratively speaking, in during a war or a battle. And is this somebody that I want to be in a foxhole with? And uh, Star Parker is one of those people. You know, she's uh, steadfast and a fighter. And um, it's it's great to know that she's out there. So check it out if you don't watch Cure America on a regular basis, you can do that at Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday evenings. and um, But tonight, six o'clock, as Star Parker is doing a little bit of a tribute and talk about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. All right, uh, let me go to Kathy. Kathy's calling from Ohio. Hi, Kathy.
8: Hi, Dan.
3: <clears throat> Good morning.
8: Uh, first question I have for you is um, Are you having a retreat this year?
3: No, next year. So it's every other year. So every other, okay, yeah, we do it every other year, so last year it was in April, and then uh, then will this uh file uh, next year it'll be April Yep.
8: okay, we're just waiting for that
3: uh, uh, I so many people are we're getting so many <laughs> so much information about it, but we are going to be at the cove uh, that's, that's been all great. set we up last year oh you did oh good, good, so you know it was wonderful. yeah, it's great, thanks
8: okay, uh on e66 we are yes. uh, way overweighted and uh, probably just need to get rid of some of it. But it's been going up so well lately. I was just wondering, should we go ahead now or hold on a little bit and let it rise a little more?
3: Do you know how far up you are, roughly, percentage-wise?
8: I think about 39%. Yeah,
3: I I would probably let it go a little bit longer. Um. It is probably, it looks like it's going to have a good week this week. And, uh, you know, I would, I would let it ride. I think there's frankly, to be honest with you, I think there's good, there's good potential for the rest of this year. So, I mean, I think it could easily be if you leave it alone, you know, you've got to be overweighted because you're up 30 some percent. So, you know that's what happens. Obviously, when things go up, we 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 get overweighted. So, um, you know that's a it's a good problem to have. Um, and I I think I would just leave it go. I know it's overweighted. I like the sector this year, and I just you know I just think it's um, one of those things. You know, this stock took a little bit of a hit. When they uh, just, I, I want to say some growing pains just from a little bit of a reorganization and they seem to be back on track again and I would keep it. I would probably uh, maybe put a sell order in for it just in case, you know, for maybe uh, somewhere where about the 25% level would be. You could put a sell order in just in case it dips Um, you know, uh, or starts to drop, and you don't have to think about it, and it'll sell automatically. But uh, aside from that, I think you probably ought to let it run. I think it's going to be a good positive year for it, and I think you'll have to, we'll have to have questions on it at the end of this year for sure about whether we keep it.
8: Okay. Thanks so much for your help. I so appreciate your ministry.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Thank you so much, Kathy. God bless. All right, but God right. bless. Thank you. You know, Ohio is such a great uh, area for financial issues, and we appreciate them so much. And um, the the state has been good to us. And um, Kathy alluded to our retreat. Boy, I'll tell you, we may need the retreat more this year than we will next year. But um, we we uh, should. We Ivan and I have talked about doing them on an annual basis. And I think that we probably could now only because it's the organization, uh, you know, getting it all set up and being at the Cove. And if we stay there for a number of years, which I think we will, it could easily be done every year because it's so, so easy to organize. They're such a great organization to work with. Uh, they understand us, they understand ministry. So we're excited to be back there, but it's going to be. Not this April, but the following April. I don't know the dates. The dates have been established. We will be at the Cove Billy Graham Training Center in North Carolina. If you've never been there, you really need to go. You really need to go, as uh, anybody that has done that could tell you. But we had an amazing retreat last year. We had so much fun. We had a great, great uh, time, and uh, everybody was, I think, blessed. In a, in a wonderful way and, and uh, renewed and regenerated. Problem is we need to do that like once a month. <laughs> but, you know, when you're at a retreat like that, and these, these are a real retreat. you know, for younger people, um, and we had younger people there, they don't really know what a retreat is because most retreats are conferences. This is not a conference, it's a retreat. Uh, we, we don't have, uh, you know, 20 speakers and um, all kinds of booths and things like that set up. We don't have anything like that. We're uh, we're there to be in God's word, to have an amazing time of worship and fellowship and to retreat from the world. And um, it is a very, uh, you know, close-knit organizational kind of, uh, of retreat where, you know, we're all equally yoked and we have we have a great time. We keep it small, very intentionally. I think we had 200 and some people, but that's about the limit. We don't, we don't want to, well, we could go a little bigger if, um, you know, if we can fill the whole place, um, that would be great, which I think is 260 maybe. But um, we'd love to, you know, we'd love to do that, of course, but we had a great crowd and we, we had a great time. So keep it on your radar screen for April. Uh, but it's going to be hard to get in. I'm I'm going to be honest with you because, like I said, we do keep it small, and um, it is you know we we we'll fill up very very quickly. And it is um, I wish I could say it was a fundraiser for the ministry. It hasn't raised funds yet <laughs> for the ministry. It always cost us money, uh, but um, maybe next year, maybe next time. Anyway, it's great. So we sure uh, appreciate Kathy mentioning that. Let me go to Emmett. Emmett's calling from uh, Kentucky. Hi, Emmett.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Um, my mother-in-law, uh, she talks to me about her finances a little bit, but uh, she's 68 years old and uh and she went down to go get some money out of her retirement accounts, which I think she has some Roth and a 401k from her previous job. And when she went down, they acted like they kind of didn't want to give her the money. So I was just kind of wondering, what age is it that you are allowed to just be able to just go in and, and say, hey, I'd like to withdraw X amount of dollars and withdraw X amount of dollars?
3: When you're over 59 and a half?
4: So when you're over fifty nine and a half, you can go in and ask for some money, and they should be able to just give it to you. Well, they,
3: yeah, they they should never question it. They should just give it. So I would have a problem with whoever that organization is. I would be concerned about that, and I would have a problem with it. So um, now it could have been on December thirtieth that, sh- that she went in, and um, organizations will kind of him and Hall and try to stall uh, to keep that money in there till the end of the year. Uh, because that, you know, just just to help their balance sheet. But, you know, that that shouldn't happen. You know, it's her money. And I, I said at 59 and a half, but let me be clear. 59 and a half is when there's no 10% penalty for early withdrawal. But you could take your money out anytime you want even before that. Now, if you take it out before that, you're gonna to have to pay a ten percent penalty. So that's why I said fifty nine and a half. But look, it's it is uh it is your money and you know it is money that is liquid and you're free to move or change or withdraw or use at any time. And they should never try to stop that.
4: Okay. Well, and, and, and that's what I was going to say. is I moved my accounts from that facility uh, to another facility. Uh, and this is before I met you and your online mm-hmm. uh, presence. And uh, and I have been listening um, quite a lot. This is first time calling. So I mm-hmm. told her that I moved my stuff over.
3: I would, I would move it over. I, I think you gave her good advice. Uh, she she ought to... To move it over. That's a little bit of a red flag for a company that does that. And I would be extremely concerned about keeping my money. Back. Thank you, Emmett. Man, I appreciate it. I'm glad you found us. Glad you listened. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, folks, 610 363 1110. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. Let me go back to phones. Let me go to Sarah. Sarah's calling us from Virginia. Hi, Sarah.
5: Yes, thank you for your ministry. I couldn't do this without uh, listening to you and without the, uh, my partnership with you as a, a mm. member of Financial Issues. So I really appreciate it. Thanks. I have a couple of questions. I have kids that are in the, they're not really kids, they're in that 25 to 35 um, age range. I assist them and um, they're doing well. Um, my question is, in one situation, I do have a fair amount of cash. I need to get them more diversified. They are not in all the sectors they need to be. Um, in one situation, I have they have the cash there. Uh, so my question was whether I should sell off they They are up in most things, and one situation, I don't necessarily have to sell off the profits, and, and i I understand what you've taught before about not selling out of a position, or I wouldn't sell out of it totally. So they're young, and I was one so my thought was in the situation where I had the cash, and I wouldn't necessarily jeopardize their cash position, I would move forward with buying stocks that you've got on your buy list at this point in time, and even look at the 12 for 22 um, out of the cash they have. In the other situation, not as much cash is available, and I could possibly end up jeopardizing that cash position, but they're up in several stocks in several sectors.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm, you know, again, like you said, you know, I'm not a fan of selling Um, you know, because you get, you, so every time you sell uh, your profits out, you're kind of, I mean, it's not, it's not the right thing to say you're starting over in that position, but because you still have the same cost basis that, that you had, but um, you're losing a foundational part of your portfolio. So you get great advantage as things are going up. Um, They hit new highs. They also probably have reached several new lows and it is the lows that you love to accomplish. And what I mean by that is it are the, it's the lows that you like to hit and stay in. Because the next time it hits a low, it is not likely to go as low as it went and before. So what that's, you may have heard a term that says you're putting in a new low. So when that happens, you put in a new low. So in other words, now there is a new low in which it has to get to before you, uh, which which is a little bit harder to get to maybe than the last low, and that's good. So you know you want you want you don't want to lose that. And the beauty of being young is the opportunity. You know people probably Sarah who have or have heard of people that have inherited stocks from their grandfather or grandmother, and and. And it was something somewhere where their grandfather worked at for 20 years and always bought stock. And the cost basis is nothing. It's practically nothing. And it's, you know, the stock has maybe split a couple times. And, you know, they've had a long time. It's had a lot of growth. And it's one of those things that it's impossible to go down. I often say about my own personal IRA, it's almost impossible for it to go negative, you know, to go in the red because it's old. I've had it a long time and I've had some of those positions a long time and I've never sold out of any. of them. so it just, you know, it, it, w- it would be really a monumental uh, thing if it ever got in negative territory. I have some positions in it that may be negative, but overall bottom line is positive. So you don't want to give up the things that continue to shore up your portfolio because ultimately all that matters is am I positive? So if you're positive on your bottom line, yeah, you may have, I have a stock that's, last time I looked was a couple weeks ago, it was down 77%. Well, do I care? No, I really don't because overall my portfolio is positive. And that's when you start seeing your money really working for you. And it allows you to make something long-term That you might not have normally made long term, that you get to keep some of those losing positions. So, that losing position that I own that is down 70%, it is likely when it goes back up, it is probably going to go up um, in a very big way. It's a volatile stock. So, it's going to, the volatility on the upside is going to be very uh, big as well. And I'll be able to take advantage of that because I didn't have to panic and sell out of it. So, it's always a good thing. You say you don't want to sell out of the position, that's fine. That's better. I mean, just sell out of uh take some of of the the profits. But remember, when you take some of the profits and you buy something else, you're using that money to buy into a stock that probably has a greater valuation, a higher valuation than the stock you just sold. So it could be, not always, but it could be that you're giving up quality to buy something else that just by way of the fact that the something else you're buying is at an all-time high maybe or at a very high, and you are buying in at at that high it's going to take you a lot of years before you get the same kind of value that you have in the stock that you sold i know i'm probably getting confusing and complicated i apologize but no
5: that um, that's good and i'll try to stick to, i'm going to try to diversify them without of taking profits cuz they are yeah. young and it's I'm, i've seen what you're talking about either with them or with myself. So uh, I'm going to try and just even see if they might have a little, one of them in particular might have a little more money to put into it. Like I said, I've got in one situation, um, we're good and I can diversify. And then I had a question about my own. I'm in the 55 to 65. I inherited um, some cash, also some stocks. So I know exactly what you're talking about uh, when you inherit that, but I, I have some cash that I've allowed to sit on the sideline, um, I believe because at that time you were saying just, just hold tight. Um, and my question is now, it will not compromise my cash position. Is it time, it's in a brokerage account, Is a regular brokerage account, is it time for me to begin to look at putting that money to work in the market yes. or do I need to? Okay. All
3: right. Yeah, I think you should. I, you know, do it, you can do it gradually, put a little bit in this month, next month, so on. But um, I think it's time. Yeah, I think we, I think okay. we need to do it. I think, you know, I don't think the market's going to do much this year. I think it's going to be relatively flatlined. Uh, but okay. you know, it'll
5: give I, me some I time, think. but and
3: no, the uh, only thing that would change that is if we get a big dip. So okay. if we got a dramatic dip next week and you're waiting to put a little more money in next month, I would put it in then, then. you know, if okay. something happens, I would get it in, in then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Sarah, I'm glad you called. Thank you for your partnership and your encouragement. I appreciate it. Take care. Yep. All right, let me go to uh, Bobby. Bobby calling from South Carolina. Hey, Bobby.
9: Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've I've been a member of or been employed with a company for about 12 years. They've been in business about 40 years. And they just announced that they're going to open up an employee stock option plan. And I'm just not very – I'm familiar with 401k, but I've never been an, uh, an employee of a company who's had an employee stock option plan. I just want to know if you could maybe give me the
3: cliff notes.
9: Yeah, sure. That. They, We're having a meeting this weekend and uh, to talk about it.
3: Are they publicly, it's a publicly traded company? It, I mean. Uh,
9: I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. They've, they've got about a, a thousand employees, but I'm not sure about that.
3: So if there are a uh, if it's a traded on the New York Stock Exchange, if it's a publicly traded company, so if I could buy stock in that company, on you know in my account, that that kind of thing, is it a publicly traded company? If it is, I think stock option plan can be a very very good thing. Um, if they're a privately held company, that is offering a stock option plan, it could be. Could be a red flag. They're offering it. They're giving up private, comp, uh, private company stock uh, because they need some money. They need some capital, and it could be that's the reason they're doing it. Uh, it could be the reason they really want to help their employees and be good to their employees, and that's fine. That's possible. I'm not ruling that out either. So, uh, but I would I would be more apt to say if it's a publicly traded company. And you still have another ten to fifteen years to work, I would participate. I wouldn't probably wouldn't hesitate to to participate in it, uh, depending on what kind of system it is. So, in other words, usually they discount the options, and then when they and then when you exercise the option, they may give you some discounts on the price, like the average price for the month or, you know, they do a lot of different things. So that can vary. But generally, it can be a good, it can be a good thing.
9: Okay, uh, I'm 53, and um, so it's kind of, I'm not, not sure how many years I've got left to work there, but um, they did, when they sent out the letter, they did say that they were trying to do this to help the employees. So I'm hoping that's what it's for.
3: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That, but, uh, Thank you. And, it, and if it's publicly traded, that's a really good thing. So that that puts your mind at ease if it's publicly traded. Thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. 610 363 1110. We'll get back to questions. We have two lines open. 610 363 1110.
5: The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's
3: sponsors. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Sealy. It's great to be here. 610. 363 1110. If you want to cue your call up, 610. 363 1110. Let me go to phones. Let me go to uh, v- Vatina in Texas. Hi, Vatina.
10: Good morning. Hi, good morning. morning. Um, My uh, father had someone to send a credit transfer in his name um, and this company, credit card companies, sent him a bill for $5,000 and he did dispute it. Um, He sent letters to the credit card companies. But the the credit card company did an investigation, and they're still accusing my dad of doing this, and they want to settle with him, but I encouraged him not to do that. What do you do? He does have one of the credit monitoring uh, companies, but they don't seem to help him very much. They say it's third party, so he has to call the the bank where um, the credit defraud was done. So what do you do when they send you a letter like that and they're threatening to turn you over to a collection agency after their investigation, but you don't agree with that? You didn't do that.
3: I would uh, write that company or, or talk to that organization and tell them that I'm not doing anything until I uh, uh, write a letter telling uh, of all the circumstances that are going on. Um, and report all of this to the state attorney general. And you can do that in your county in Texas has a local state uh, uh, state, uh, attorney general's uh, office in your county. And you can do it there and you can copy the main state attorney general if you want. But um, and let them know that you are doing that first. You're going to have to wait uh, till you get through with uh, this, the attorney general with the state of Texas. Um, that's critically important that you do that. For one thing, if they are, if this is some sort of scam, uh, you'll never hear from them again. If it is, isn't some sort of scam, you can probably get garner some help from the state attorney general to tell them that they are causing undue hardship by uh, pushing you uh, and demanding you to do something Uh, For costs that you did not incur, Um, and um, you know that that would be you know that that may be helpful to him. So that's where you start anyway, and I think that's critically important. And I would do that either write a letter uh, and send it out certified, or you know send send them an email or make a phone call. Whatever you got to do, but I would let them know that uh, you are beginning to get the state attorney general's office involved in this uh, and you're, you're doing your own uh, investigation since the credit card company refuses to do it. So I would not, uh, I would not pay anything. I would not settle anything. So I would strongly suggest that you don't do that. And for a company to call and offer a settlement amount uh, right away after they have probably scared, uh somebody uh you know it it sounds like a scam to me but i would just leave it at that and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it goes away i'd love to hear the outcome of that uh when you do it
10: okay i plan to do that and one other question are you a proponent of the credit monitoring agencies paying a fee or freezing your credit
3: uh yeah i mean i th- i think that the cre- uh, the are you talking about the um, the credit organizations? Yeah, well,
10: I was. I don't know if I can say it on the net on the radio, but like LifeLock or yeah, um,
3: yeah. I mean, I think if you subscribe to LifeLock, they and and you use them to to um, to freeze your credit, then I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing. Uh, and if you got to pay a small fee for it, uh, to do it, now obviously you have to pay a fee to be a part of LifeLock, uh, an annual fee. But I think it's well well worth it uh, for for some protection. But um, I I don't really understand why they wouldn't investigate, uh, or if you have a something like that, why they wouldn't investigate um, the the uh, you know, the charges for you. I mean, that, that seemed rather odd to me. And if it's a third party that they can't uh, figure out what it is, then again, that sounds like a good reason that it could be a scam. So I would urge your father or father-in-law. Well, I forget what you said, but um, father. N- father, yeah, not, and please don't pay anything. Um, I would write that letter and uh, see what happens and i would and i would uh, copy them on the letter that you send if you even have their address i would copy them on the letter that you send to the state attorney general's office
10: okay great well thank you so much i really appreciate it
3: you're welcome thank you i'm glad you called fatina god bless you're welcome
10: bye bye
3: uh, <clears throat> all right i hate to hear those things because scams are just uh, coming out of the woodwork all the time, you know. I reiterate some things that I've said. You will never, ever, ever, ever get a phone call from the IRS. Now, I'm uh, all the scammers block my phone number because I play with them. I love it when they call. Uh, if they stay, and I listen to them, and I go through everything, and I listen, I say, "Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to report this to the FBI." And we'll see what they say. And then, of course, they hang up. But the beauty of the hanging up is they they uh, block your number. You can't call them back because you'll get a weird uh, sound. So, they look, I think that it is important that our antennas are always up. The IRS is never going to call you. The most agencies, any kind of agency, is never going to make a phone call to you and call you. You're always going to get mail first or a letter first. State tax collection offices will always send a letter uh, before they do anything with a 800 phone number so that you can call and verify it. If you call and verify it, um, you should ask a lot of questions. Where are you located? Where's your building in Uh, you know, if you're in Texas, where's your building in Austin? Where are, is that where you're located? That's your home office. That's where you are. Where are you? Why why isn't the phone number? Can I have the phone number, not the 800 number, but can I have the phone number of the office in Austin? See what you do. You'll probably get hung up on and they'll stop and they'll just won't bother you again if it's a scam. But they don't call. They don't call. They don't do that. Um, And even the letters you got to be careful of but you can look at the return mailing address and some other information. If you get an email, always click on the address in the email and make sure it, it's not a uh, state IRS, you know, at gmail.com. I mean, obviously it's, it's not, they don't, they're hoping you don't do that. You just take it for the face value of what it says on the address line. So, <clears throat> There's a lot of little things you can do. And I will say this again. Don't use your your ATM card as an ATM card. If you have an ATM card, it probably is a MasterCard or a Visa ATM card, even though it's your local bank. But that's who does the processing, Visa or MasterCard. Always use it as a credit card. You don't have to pay any interest. You're going to pay it. It's going to come directly out of your checking account, just like you would if you were a debit card. But but businesses, especially small businesses, they try to talk you into doing a, um, you know, a, a, a use it as an ATM because they don't pay any fees if you use it as an ATM. But you won't get any protection. If you use it as a Visa card, then you have Visa it's going to back up any fraud that happens. Your bank is not backing anything up. They won't help you. So always, never, there's no reason in the world to use it as an ATM card. Always use it as a credit card. The same effect, it's not going to cost you any interest. It's just going to come out of your checking account like it would if you use your, it's, it's not a big deal. It's no different. But you're going to have the backing if that if that organization that you're using it gets hacked or whatever, you're going to have the backing of Visa not the backing of a bank. So, good just good things uh to remember and practice. All right. Um <clears throat> we're coming up at the end of this hour so we'll we'll hold calls. We have a line open if you want to queue your call up and then we'll get right back to uh phone calls here at at the end of the hour. So <clears throat> hang on uh, before we you know, don't uh, hold, hold through through the break and then we'll get to get to those calls. Um, also, we'll try to get to some of the questions you might have on Facebook, on our website. And we'll try to get to some of those. Emmett from Kentucky saying good morning and Pat uh, watching from South Carolina saying good morning. Thank you, uh, Pat and Emmett. I know that uh, we have we have been really bad about getting to those calls. And uh, the better we get, the more people are posting their questions. But um, if you're watching on the or listening on the website at financialissues.org, you can also uh, post your question there as well, and we'll try to get we'll try to get to those. So feel free to do that. All right. Um, and again, I don't know if we have uh, a call open or not. We a line open? No, it doesn't look like it. But you know how that goes. It'll clear up. When we get back, um, we don't have to give you an update on the markets like we normally do because the markets aren't open. So we don't have to do that. We'll get try to get to calls uh, right away in this first segment uh, as soon as we get back. So cue your call. Stay with us. We'll be back. If you've got to leave us this hour, I hope you have a great day. Remember, all that we have is his. Be a good and faithful steward. God bless. Be back tomorrow. More financial issues right after this. Jesus said, go sell all that you have, give it to
0: the poor, take up the cross, follow me. It's not your money I want, I want your heart.
5: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.